Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. we like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello and welcome to the Under the Floodlights End of Season Award Show. I'm joined for the last time this season by Bailey Hutchinson and Christopher Ringland. The categories have been finalised, the votes were cast by you, the listener, and we are here to announce some of the winners and losers. Guys, it's been a long year for everybody, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think... I think it'll be good to have an actual break that we normally have because we went from the Premier League finishing in August to United getting like a week and then the, the Super Cup and then the season started again. So I, I think it'll be good to have the Euros and an actual break from the football. Nah, let's just continue this football train rolling. Chelsea Football Club are on top of the world. Let's just keep rolling now. And congratulations to you, Bailey, of course. Let's go. I, I mean, I, I suppose just before we uh, get into the awards, um, I we should just reiterate the shock that it was that Chelsea won the the Champions League. And I, I, I don't know if you'll probably not disagree that the two times now that Chelsea have won the Champions League was probably both not the seasons you expected to win the Champions League. Yeah, but that that is Chelsea Football Club in a nutshell right now. So it is that is just the Roman Abramovich way. He will, if you're an okay manager, that's not good enough. You're right. Let's bring someone else in and, yeah, just pick up Champions Leagues and ruin Sergio Aguero's big farewell. Love this football club. Well, Pep beat himself, as usual. Oh, 100%. 100%. No, Rodri or Fernandinho. Is that, am I, is that correct? Yeah. For the first time this season. (laughs) Played 60 games, (laughs) 60 games this season. 59 of them he's played either Rodri or Fernandinho drops both of them for the final. It's absolute madness. Yeah, and the guy, the guy a little weeks ago watched Billy Gilmore school Rodri and decided this ain't the guy. Play De Bruyne up front, even though he's not a striker. Great. <laughs> and that's serious chat about N'Golo Kante um, winning the Ballon d'Or slash being the best defensive midfielder to play the game. Just, yeah, just what a baller this guy is. Two, two Man of the Match awards in the semi-finals, Man of the Match in the final. And every question he was asked after, and I think this is why people... People are saying the ball. I think people just want him to win it because mm. everyone was like, Ngolo, how, how did you think about your performance and trying to get him to be very individual focused? And he kept just saying, we, the team, the group, just I great guy. I absolutely I adore him. Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we should say as well, um, congratulations to uh, Villarreal and you no, and no. Emery for his... Uh, <laughs> Europa League masterclass once again, leaving Man United um, to not win another trophy and a lot of questions about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's future in general. And of course, congrats to Brentford for getting promoted. Darren, a new team to, yeah. to learn about. In bougie uh, West London, Brentford are going to take over uh, Fulham's spot as the, the nice team uh, to, to go to in a away game. I look, forward, I look forward to seeing them. 
And good stadium. Far better is than Graham College. Lovely stadium. That's good Bra- to hear. Brand new. So lovely, real nice. Lovely stadium. That is good to hear. Uh, anyway, do you want to kick on with the awards? Let's get stuck in. So obviously, um, for anyone who's not aware, we put out uh, a list of awards onto our Instagram account. People came in and voted, sent in um, their votes, and Bailey very kindly tallied them up, and, and we've got some winners. Um, uh, the first category uh, tonight is the Under the Floodlights Game of the Season. Uh, now, obviously, this was a year in which, truthfully, I can't recall many good games. There were a lot of very okay games. There were a lot of god-awful games. But there were very few very good games. Um, the nominees that we had in this category were uh, Liverpool-Leeds opening day of the season, 4-3 Liverpool. Uh, Spurs versus West Ham, um, which was, I believe, a 3-3 draw. It was the Lanzini uh, goal, the equaliser. The Lanzini goal laid on the scenes. Uh, West Ham 3, Leicester 2, which was just the lose-lose week for Christopher. Um, we had when Spurs beat Manchester City 2-0, back when Spurs were good. And of course we had Aston Villa 1, Wolves 0, which on the surface didn't look very good, but it was all about Mike Dean's performance. Um, <laughs> I mean, a reasonable list of, of nominees there, guys. Any Any thoughts on those? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that the, the lose-lose didn't cut through to the listeners uh, in, in the way that it maybe did it to us. Um, that was good to see. Yeah, and I, real standout for me, Aston Villa won Wolves nil. Absolutely nothing lunchtime game. Nothing going on. 70 minutes in, Mike Dean decides, let's spice this weekend up. A couple of red cards. Yeah, I think that was that That was like his 3,000th yellow card yeah. of his career and stuff as well. Just milestone big big landmark day. Yeah, but... Uh, the winner of the category for game of the season uh, has gone to Liverpool versus Leeds 4-3 I think to be fair uh, a worthy winner um, I think it was the first game of the season of all the teams you could just say it well. started uphill and uh, never got any <laughs> never, better never, never reached those lofty heights again um, yeah I think everyone was, was energetic that first game and then uh, everyone just slowly lost interest like we all did as the season went on uh, and Man City began to run away with it so very worthy winner there I think um, yeah, I remember watching that game and just thinking, God, if I've got 37 more of these to watch, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, we don't need fans back if this is the type of ball we're playing no. behind closed doors. And little did I know that it was only going to get worse from there for me. <laughs> anyway, um, Bailey, do you want to move on to the next category? Yeah, so uh, next up is the shock result. And Darren said there wasn't many great games, but there's a lot of times just there's so much football this season that just at times the game got out of hand. Uh, so the five nominees were the, the famous Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2, oh. uh, Sunday night football game. Uh, earlier in that day, second nominee is uh, Manchester United 1, Spurs 6. Uh, nominee 3 is Southampton getting beat 9-0 again by a team, uh, Manchester United on this occasion. Uh, fourth nominee is Chelsea 2, West Brom 5. And the last nomination in this category was Sheffield United 1, Newcastle United 0, which was Sheffield's first win in a season where many thought they wouldn't get anything. Uh, Sorry, that's brutal on Sheffield. (laughs) Shock result in the season. I was was genuinely dumbfounded when they won again. (laughs) I think you called it, to be fair, Chris. I think we'd asked the week before, a couple of weeks before, we said when's the first win coming, and you said it would be against Newcastle. Well, that was in the phase when I was correct about Newcastle, uh, to be fair. And then uh, that quickly ended. Oh, yeah, we'll get on to that later. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was generous to include Manchester United's 9-0 win over Southampton in shock results. <laughs> I mean, they're, they have one of those a season now. <laughs> That's not but, shocking yeah, there at all. So and if you watch that, won't be in here. If you watch that game, the only thing shocking about it is that United didn't score more. <laughs> there, there was there was too much emotion that was uncomfortable and cringeworthy to watch in that game, mainly from Ralph and a few of the players. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously the, the Chelsea West Brom game, just a Callum Robinson masterclass, uh, and, and also oh. straight in from the international break, so no shock. As you'll recall from that week's episode, but I'll oh, not bring course. that back in. Not bring that back into it. No excuses. It doesn't matter that Callum Robinson plays international football for Ireland or anything, but but yes, it's it's just grand. Yeah, yeah that doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, uh, not a shock result for who the winner is. The shock result of the season is Aston Villa seven, Liverpool two. It's I mean it's one of the most shocking results in Premier League history because of the combination of Aston Villa were horrendous last season. Liverpool were the best team in Europe last season. Yeah. Um, but, of course, Villa went on to have quite a decent season and Liverpool okay season too. So. Yeah, I remember <laughs> just going a little bit numb during this one. Um, mm. I think I remember just being like completely lost about the fact that like Villa basically scored the same goals seven times. And it was like, <laughs> oh, you know, somebody should have worked this out now. Like, deal with... I think they kept getting in behind Liverpool. And it was just one of those where you're saying... You know, just drop off. Yep. You know, you've you've maybe conceded mm. four or five at this point. You know, just drop off, and they didn't do it, that. They just yeah. kept letting them run in behind, and it's like, well, it, that's what's going to happen. It was the performance of Van Dijk because I remember him being particularly terrible in that game. Well, nobody plays well when you lose seven. <laughs> no, but uh, but it, it is Virgil. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Yes, so we've got the biggest uh, VAR, uh, the biggest Varsh. VAR uh, <laughs> of this season uh, because VAR was horrendous this season and everybody agrees and anybody doesn't think that is wrong. Uh, now you may have to help me out with a couple of these uh, to understand for me to understand the context of some of the nominees because I don't know if I remember all of them. Uh, the first is the Merseyside Derby at Goodison. Yeah, this was just was a, a couple. This was just a total mess. Just everything. Yes. Uh, obviously that was the famous uh, Van Dyke injury game. Oh, um, whereby right, Jordan Pickford um, attacked him, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> and I say that impartially, of course. Um, uh, and, and later, this was after the fact, it was uh, Michael Oliver and referee that day, and David Coote in the, the VAR Coote. in Stockley Park. That was the day and, Coote was born. Yeah. And, and both of them admitted uh, weeks and months later that they got that one wrong. They were so caught up in understanding the offside, they admitted they actually forgot to check the challenge. Um, so that was that was the first part of this game, and then obviously late on, uh, Jordan Henderson was denied a, a 90th minute winner because Sadio Mane was uh, viewed as being offside. Um, when you look at the picture, it's very hard to understand how he was like running backwards or something. Yeah, yeah. And then we had my personal one, I think, which was Patrick Bamford being offside for pointing where he wanted the ball in the middle of a, a play. Um, he was deemed offside, according to VAR, because of his finger. Um, Calvert-Lewin uh, got a penalty when Trent was laying on the ground. was the third uh, nominee. Uh, Brighton's free kick goal and mess afterwards against West Brom. Yeah, so in this one, um, Brighton took a quick free kick while the keeper was 
standing at the post trying to set his wall oh, up. The yes. referee blew the whistle. Yes. And then they took a quick free kick and scored. And right as he went to kick it, after blowing the whistle to say he could take it, he blew it again before of the course. ball went into the net. There was then yeah. sort of a five-minute time period where basically everybody was just trying to understand what, what are we going to do now? Um, because whatever decision the referee decided to go with was going to upset at least 11 boys. Um, yeah. So that took about five to ten minutes to resolve and move forward. And I think ultimately the wrong decision was made. Yeah, this, yeah. that was absolutely rotten. Yeah, Lewis Dunk wasn't happy, I seem to remember. Yeah. Um, and then the final one is uh, Edson Cavani's beautiful goal against Fulham, which was clearly offside. It clearly. Yeah, so. and, and for that reason, many people will have seen that this goal didn't get a goal of the season nomination later on as a result because we just can't we can't have that in our conscience no no it's not a goal and uh the winner was the merseyside derby where virgil van dyke was out for the season and the euros justice (laughs) (laughs) yeah this was just a horrible like just a horrible day for var like everything they could have got wrong they did Mane's dump truck of upside <laughs> late on in the game. And yeah, unfortunately for Liverpool, they do lose their main man, really. Mm. From that point in the season, Liverpool never really contended again at the level they did. This was the game where I learnt who David Coote was. Mm. I'd ne- mm. never heard of the guy, didn't really know who he was, and made a point to Google him after this game uh, to begin what has now been a season-long hatred. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, next category that we had was quote of the season. Um, now again, there's been a lot of nonsense spoken uh, this season, both on and off of this podcast. <laughs> and um, really, we had, we could have picked a lot of different things uh, for the nominees here. But the nominees that we these had, are great. the nominees that we had for these, obviously the the famous Patrice Evra, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, um, beef. <laughs> live on Sky Sports, which is maybe the most awkward viewing television has ever seen. Uh, the quote we picked for this was, I was 10 stitches in my ankle because of this guy. Really, it was the whole dialogue yeah. uh, bet- between the two of these guys. Uh, second nominee was Rob Holding, obviously caught on camera. And that has been the an interesting point of new fans being there, is that you have been able to hear some of what the players are saying. And obviously Rob Holding uh, filed Adama Traore. Uh, and was unhappy that the referee gave a false shouting at the referee. He's built like a brick shit house. How's he gone down like that? Um, <laughs> and threw a bit of a tantrum, uh, somewhat similar to the way a five-year-old throws a tantrum, which I really like on the football pitch. Um, the next nominee is Mateo Kovacic telling David Coote to his face, you're the, quote, worst ref ever. <laughs> uh, Patrice Evero is back in the nominations again for, again, forcing Sky Sports to apologise after alleging that Wilfred Zaha's career at Manchester United was cut short due to an affair with David Moyes' daughter. Uh, I'm watching Kelly Dalglish just have to scramble to uh, to pick up the pieces of that one and the final uh, quote of the season. Again, it was more of a dialogue, was the whole uh, Solskjaer versus Mourinho spat uh, about Hom and Son, which talked about if my son went down like that. And then there was talk of, you know, would you feed your son and things like this. It just all got <laughs> completely irrelevant. And it was great to see. Um, yeah, I mean, any picks from those that you guys liked? Well, I must say, before we, we talk about these ones in particular, this was the one category where the voters went a bit off script. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> right, okay. What do you mean? Uh, m- many people were... We, we did have a clear, clear winner, but many people would have liked to have seen a nomination for Chris Ringland and the <laughs> Newcastle are down, 
They are so down. <laughs> moment. <laughs> to be fair. So I just thought that was worth bringing up for the people who clearly wanted it. I mean, there could have been a whole separate award for sort of favourite Ringland moment over the well, last 12 yeah. months. There, there was someone who voted, and I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was had just put down Ringland Bump. Okay. As yeah. a quote of the season, which could, it's just been, to get them all in. Yeah, it's been my favourite ongoing joke. Obviously, the Harvey Barnes, Takumi Minamino, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. But the, the winner and the most voted nominee for quote of the season did go to the uh, Patrice Evra comment about Wilfred Zaha and David Moyes' daughter. And <laughs> um, that has been our winner. Again, great viewing. Yeah. This was one of the most awkward moments I've ever seen on a Sky Studio. Just Kelly Kate's going, what do I do? Yeah. yeah, Patrice just this year was just let loose on Sky. And I think as we've gone towards the end of the season, we've seen Patrice's appearances on that platform decrease mm-hmm. drastically because the guy was just a liability. Yeah, loose cannon. Well, I, I, I had a thought about that, you're right. Anyway, Bailey, moving on. Yes, next up's a big one. It is for signing of the season. So there's a few oh. just uh, very very obvious ones in here. So uh, to start, we have Ruben Diaz at Man City. Uh, we have Rafinha at Leeds. Uh, Eni Martinez at Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins at Aston Villa as well. Good recruitment last summer. And last but not least, Jay Lings, Jesse Lingard to West Ham, which coming in the January window to get in this category. Great work from the guy. Stunning half season. Especially when you look at, you know, Joe Willock didn't make the cut. Yeah, it's a bit harsh on Joe, but uh, you know. that's, the way it, that's the way it crumbles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Joe, Joe, unfortunately yeah. for him, I just felt Joe, Joe caught fire too late. Yeah. So he did. Irrelevant zone. I yeah, mean, he called Alan Shearer's record. padding area. Yeah. Spot, yeah. Signing of the season, as voted for by the listeners, is Ruben Diaz, Manchester City. I'm look, actually surprised by this. Look, it, it's the it's the easy choice. Yeah, that, right? That's what surprises me. I wouldn't have thought. I would have thought like our listeners would have had like personal allegiances to random players here and there. It's just that well, that guy's just the clear and obvious winner, and for that reason, I'm disappointed that he's won. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the thing about Ruben Diaz, like, Ruben Diaz, was phenomenal and made a massive difference. But like, I mean, he, he actually, people don't realize, he actually took a while to get going. He actually wasn't that, you know, at the start of the season when Man City really weren't good and they were like 13th, like he was yeah. a big part of that. Uh, like, he took a while to come around. Um, I actually, to be honest, I probably would have given it to Martinez uh, at Aston Villa because I don't know if you realize from last season uh, who Aston Villa had in nets. Pepe Reina? Well, you'd be right, Darren, but that's one of four. Because <laughs> they had Tom Heaton, Jed Steer, Pepe Reina and Orion Nyland all played in the Premier League for Villa last season. Right. Nyland was famously the goalkeeper who caught the ball in the first game back after lockdown and the goal line technology that didn't give Sheffield United the goal and eventually oh, yeah. that kept Aston Villa in the Premier League. Um, so so I probably would give it to him just because he's made a massive difference to that club uh, that they're a stable mid-table team now. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Christopher, you want to move on? You got the next one? Oh, yes. So we've got the worst signing slash... Who's that? The word. Um, so I, looking at this list now, right, what, after the event of last night, yeah, um, yeah. One, of these, 
one of these is an absolute joke of an uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> put him in Premier League put podca- in. Premier League podcast so put him in um, so uh, first nominee was Donny van de, de Beek de Beek who's that um, big, uh, big reputation Ajax didn't really cut it United uh, Kai Havertz the second um, Champions League winner yes. Kai Kai Havertz uh, then thirdly we had uh, Kostas Simikas who now, is that? I wonder if the listener at this point if they would actually be able to tell you who Simikas plays for mm. uh, and uh, it's Liverpool it's Liverpool <laughs> yeah um, yes he does uh, Carlos Vinicius is the, the, the was the Spurs Harry Kane backup this season and uh, Leeds' pitch was the last nominee. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the winner uh, was Donny van de Beek. Of um, course it was. His... Yeah, there was only one winner for this category. First of all, apologies to Champions League final goal scorer Kai Havertz for his inclusion in this category. He, so w- I think if, he, if he's self-aware, he'll admit himself the first eight months were not up to standard for a <laughs> £75 million pound player. I think he'd admit that himself now that he's got a champion. But apologies that this list was created before that <laughs> final. Finally found about the obvious choice. I couldn't tell you if this guy's good or bad at football. He arrived with a, a sizable fee. He arrived at Manchester United. There was already the Sky Sports agenda of him and Pogba and Fernandez midfield together and how great will that be? And the guy couldn't beat out Fred and Scott McTominay for a place in midfield. So absolute stonewaller for me. I was critical of him at the beginning of the season. I'll be critical of him now. Yeah, absolutely. The most I've seen, like the most, the only reason I know this guy can kick a ball is because I've seen him play for Ajax in the Champions League. Mm. I don't know how this guy plays in the colour red. I actually think there was a moment in this season where his biggest contribution in one game was not touching the ball and leaving it for a better player to apply the finish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely hilarious that we've left Kai Havertz in this list after yeah. last night. Just couldn't sum up this pod better. Uh, and people may have seen today on my Instagram, I've uh, refollowed Kai. Oh, now, oh, oh have I you? Even, okay. Yeah, and I even gave, a, a, gave him a like on a photo of him and his dumb dog from Christmas. <laughs> Just to congratulate him. A fair play, Billy. Next category that we had was the Won't Be the Same Without You Award. Obviously, we've, we've lost a lot of big names this season, uh, whether it be throughout and halfway through the season, the likes of Frank Lampard, or, or whether it's with players retiring at the end. Uh, and the nominees in this category were, were Mesut Ozil, uh, obviously mm. left to go to Turkey. Um, Jose Mourinho, obviously sacked by Tottenham Hotspur towards the tail end of the season. Sergio Aguero, uh, a, a Manchester City legend who, whose contract at the club is now up. Uh, Big Sam, who, I mean, yeah, okay, he's he's gone. I think we all know he'll probably be back. <laughs> uh, and and obviously, you know, close personal friend of the pod, Scott Parker. Oh. Yeah, very disappointed, you know, that, that Scott's going to go back down to the championship and can endure playing a million games. Yes, some list here. Uh, I remember whenever Ozil left... Real sad. I think Arsenal fans were just glad to get rid of him at that point. Just playing in the under 23s just wasn't for him. Sergio Aguero, for me, for me, I think he's the best striker in Premier League history. That's very debatable. Ooh. There's a lot of recency bias in there, I'll admit, but that's because football now is better than it ever has been. So I would say that. Big Sam, yep, good to see him on the list, but we 100% know that. Christmas time, Big Sam will be looking at the phone. He'll be fed up of home life and waiting for whoever's in a battle. 
I think it'll be interesting to see what Scott Parker, Scott Parker goes for in the touchline next season, assuming, assuming he's still with uh, Fulham, because I assume he dresses differently for a, a Tuesday night away at Stoke than he does for uh, a Saturday lunchtime against Liverpool. Um, yeah, again, I don't really watch many championship games, but I, I don't watch any championship games. Um, <laughs> but I imagine there's a lot of tracksuits on the touchline in that league. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Parker's not dressing up for a non-televised fixture. No. Uh, <laughs> but the winner, as voted by uh, you, the listeners, to, for the Won't Be the Same Without You Award, is in fact Mr. Jose Mourinho. Um, obviously gave us Absolutely. many great one-liners over his multiple right, so. stints in England and, and will be missed as he takes the job at Roma. Yeah, it was the, that moment in the season where he said, uh, same coach, different players. It's like, yeah, Jose ain't last in here. No, his Instagram account, just like lots of great moments. That Instagram account is one of the most stunning uses of social media (laughs) I've ever seen. Yeah, especially at the minute, because again, it is just like breakup stuff. (laughs) Just posting photos of him being happy, whilst Tottenham Hotspur try and go back to their ex and Pochettino. Yeah, he, he took a photo of uh, of him kissing the Europa League trophy. I love that he's like a 15-year-old girl on the internet. It's <laughs> just yeah. hilarious. Yeah, up next, uh, it's the proof that doubters wrong, uh, and doubters in many cases being us. Fair. Uh, so the first, the first one up is Ilan Melier at Leeds, uh, the goalkeeper. Is, is that the first time we've actually said his name on this podcast? Yeah, I didn't know typing it out because obviously a capital I and small L's look the same on a computer so I had no idea what I was meant to be typing when I I looked at his first name but I just just realised that we've actually defined him just as that Leeds keeper yeah Yeah. Uh, absolutely just don't like how it looks not net next up for doubters is Patrick Bamford who I think just throughout his career has just been doubted next up is a player I uh, have multiple occasions called James Corden uh, Luke Shaw (laughs) Best season of his career. Been on, he's been on an absolute fire, so he has. And fair play to him, he's responded well. Next up, another player who just gets battered by the press, uh, John Stones. Yeah. Another title for the guy. Yeah. You can't take the Barnsley out of him. Just even going back to the old Man City documentary, the way he got on the change rooms and things, I just thought, you know what, if I knew John, I wouldn't like John. And then uh, the final nominee... Nominated again is Jay Ling's Jesse Lingard. Ready, sure. Because again, everyone wrote this guy off. I think last season uh, there was that guy who had a bet on that was uh, Lingard not to have, not yeah. to score a single goal throughout the season. <laughs> and then yeah. at the final kick of the ball, you know, whenever, whenever there's, whenever bookies are doing specials like that <laughs> and you're being just made fun of constantly to get to the stage where he got back to this season was a real. Like a real win for Jay Links. Yeah, credit to him. And yep, for the Proof That Doubters wrong award, it is Jesse Lingard coming from Manchester United to West Ham. I mean, the thing is, like, he was, that's what he was always criticized for was the fact that he never scored and he never assisted. It was a stunning second half of the season. It, it's difficult to describe how big a change, like, and you just wonder like, why. Why it doesn't happen at Man United, but it did to such an extent that at West Ham, like the goal against Wolves when he just ran the pitch, you know, it's just like messy type stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There were there were just moments whenever he caught fire. It was like I just cannot believe this is the same player. Yeah, Yeah. I wonder how much of it is just kind of mental in that you know there's a lot of negativity surrounding him while he's at United, 
and you know he's just got to change the scenery he scored pretty early on in his West Ham career and the confidence went from there and he just had a good feeling about the place like I wonder how much of it is just that like between the years but yeah. the, 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 the thing about him is though he actually scored a hat trick on his uh, I think professional debut when he was on loan at Birmingham in the championship when he was like uh, 18 and uh, David Moyser Louis van Gaal Amanya was like we're getting him in <laughs> um, so it was always there yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on, Chris, you're going to look at funniest moment. Funniest moment up first was the uh, the Dulux sponsorship of Spurs. Highly controversial. Uh, a lot of a lot of bait. I wasn't really a fan uh, personally <laughs> of uh, of the. Uh, so it's just you know it's just internship marketing stuff. You know, <laughs> as a student. Uh, second was uh, Bobby Reed. Bobby over Reed undoing Edward Mendy's gloves in the box. Velcro gloved, yeah. Uh, Patrice is back, uh, third nominee. <laughs> the fourth was, was Tim Sherwood and his uh, his commentary of Spurs against Liverpool, which I think he mentioned quite a few times about his own experience managing Spurs and, in particular, Harry Kane. Um, was was there was this not also when he? He said on television, Liverpool have a corner. Oh, I don't see them yes. scoring from this. And then they scored from it. Yeah. It was kind of Ringland Bump-like. Yeah, yeah. It was just instantaneous of Liverpool don't have a great deal of height in here. I don't see them scoring. And Bobby Firmino, of all people, stuck it in yeah. the back of the net for me. And that's horrible. On live television, you have to then <laughs> announce that Liverpool have scored. Yeah. Well, it was that stupid BT, look at all these screens thing they had going. It lost yeah, it lots of cameras. Yeah, they still do like that. A goggle that still box thing? kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> wouldn't know because I boycott them. Um, so, uh, maybe not next season though. Um, and the last one is uh, Ruben Diaz when he dragged Alexander Zinchenko by the head to drag him, I think, down on the ground. There's like the the one that lay down. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, that was that was the last one. And the uh, the winner was uh, the Dulux sponsorship of Tottenham. Yeah, I think. Bobby Reid, perhaps if Fulham had stayed up, maybe mm. gets more of a shout there. Uh, Evers, to, to make it into two different categories for the same thing, shows the strength of, of what he did <laughs> uh, with the David Moyes, Wilfred Zaha uh, stuff. You know, it's like when a, you know, a music artist writes a song that gets single of the year, video of the year album of the year and yeah. it's just like oh, they've just had a, that one thing they've done is really good and it's yeah. the same thing here with Patrice Evra. Yeah, this is Patrice's get lucky. So it is. Yes. You know, Patrice, it's like that famous photo of Adele at the Grammys where she's like holding like eight of them mm-hmm. and barely contain them. Patrice is just that guy this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next category that we had is uh, moment of the season. I mean, a lot of different ways you could go here depending on how you're so inclined. Uh, the nominees in this category were the, the Super League back down. What a crazy three days that was. Mm. Um, the Allison goal and, and subsequent interview after the West Brom game, uh, Manchester United against Brighton, uh, Manchester United being awarded a penalty after the full time whistle and the drama that went on there, uh, Leicester falling apart as predicted by myself and Bailey, and then as we alluded to earlier, Mike Dean's performance refing Wolves against Villa, 3,000 yellow card also dished out two reds in a completely pointless and meaningless game. Um, for me, I'd have been happy with pretty much any of these winning. A lot of good moments, a lot of laughs for me personally here. Yeah, absolutely. All, all five strong contenders, Super League. What a great three days that was. The Allison interview, 
just great moment. Like I, it's one of those. Whenever I brought it up, it was like just a real like mouth open moment. Just never seen anything like it. Couldn't believe like my message to you guys in the group chat was just as if mm. couldn't believe I'd seen this actually happen. Same with United Brighton the penalty up at full time. Something again never thought I'd see. Just a first. So it was, uh, and then we go to the other end where it's like Leicester falling apart, something I did think we'd see. Mm. And then Mike Dean, again, something I did think I'd see, just Mike Dean making a rock star of himself. In a just, just, have to, of just have to, to gently point out again that your description of Leicester falling apart was, uh, was winning the FA Cup and coming fifth. Well, yeah. it's playing on Thursdays next year. Yeah, very, very honourable position to be in. I, th- I imagine they lost a lot of money. And they also uh, the money for th- the money for thirds bigger than the money for fifth. Sure, but they're getting more money than Spurs and Arsenal, so and they're two of the six. So <laughs> they also have the the joy of uh, Gary Lineker hanging up the boots at BT Sport, so we can go follow them. So hopefully they enjoy him coming. Is, is that happening? One liners every ten minutes. Hmm. Yep, confirmed. Hmm. Uh, and the winner for moment of the season was the Super League backdown. Um, which I think was fair enough. We've talked on this pod before about really football. Well, we, we, you say back down. As far as I'm, I've seen, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus are still part of the. Super oh League. yeah, yeah, like the, that lot are desperate for it. The back down <laughs> in, in England. Um, yeah, yeah. Premier League's the only thing that matters. Yeah, completely. I mean, <laughs> we've said that the, the reason that people get sucked into the world of football is just because you feel something, whether it's good or bad. And I think the Super League's a perfect example of just everybody felt something for a few days, and it <laughs> probably wasn't good, but it was something that was you know very visceral. So. The, the absolute best moment of those protests by far was at Stamford Bridge, actually, Bailey, when one of the signs read, we want our Wednesday nights in Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's something like Perez and co. never thought about. They think that this lot want the big games, you know, the, the ticket A fixtures of Chelsea, Barcelona, Chelsea, Juve. No, 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 no. We yeah. want our lads to get the shit kicked out of them at the Brit. Yeah, Super or whatever it's called now. The bet, so, bet three six yeah. five with the B, yeah. with the B team out because that's the beauty of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you go maybe one nil down. You have to bring on a few of the bigger lads just to just to stop it becoming a rugby match as yeah. it has done over the years. Fair. Two awards to go, uh, Bailey. Uh, yep. Next up is a uh, a big one. It is goal of the season. The first one here is uh, Manuel Lanzini versus Tottenham. What a goal! Oh. I think we said early on like this was one of these instantly we went goal of the season contender. Yeah, yeah, a whole thing, technique, time of the game, how at the side of the outcome. Because again, you've talked about this before, Bailey. There'll be players who score good goals who won't have made this list because it was the fourth goal in a four nil win. Yeah, makes 100%. a difference. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think I disturbed several people uh, with my reaction to that goal. Uh, next up is uh, Matt Luton uh, versus Crystal Palace. Oh, Matt Luton, he's yeah. now got two screamers to his name. Yeah, it's the surprise factor. If you look at the guy, you wouldn't you wouldn't think he has that in him. No, the reaction of the players around him suggested neither did they. Uh, next up is uh, Eric Lamella versus Arsenal. Uh, what a game that was for Eric. Uh, scores a <laughs> goal and then got himself sent off. <laughs> Uh, next up is Allison versus West Brom. Another one that was just, I think, just never seen it before. Yeah. Had to be in there. Where were yeah. you when Allison scored that goal? Those sorts of conversations in the yeah. future. Yeah, 100%. And then uh, the fifth and final nominee is uh, Dwight McNeil versus Everton. Because Perfect again, goal. surprise factor. Very unburnly, this goal. Perfect goal. Yeah, but for me, you know, this is a goal 
outside the box against Jordan Pickford and Nets, which happens basically every other week. And Tom Brady. <laughs> so, kind of took a little bit away from it for me. Uh, well, anyway, uh, goal of the season uh, goes to Eric Lamella for his second Rabona goal, this time I'm, versus Arsenal in the North London. I'm going to cause department. a bit of controversy. Oh, um, cause it, Christopher? I think this is... I, I, I want this vetoed, and I didn't even think it should have been a nominee. I, I think... I, I you might know see where I'm going with this. Billy. Yeah. This goal was talked about by I think it was goal of the season on match of the day. I think it was goal of the season and some other things. Right? It was like a it was like a toe poke. <laughs> well, it's on a straight line. The expected the goal corner. figure, Christopher, for this strike was zero point zero one. Darren, get the expected goals. <laughs> I'm just saying, all of the other goals will have had a higher chance of being you, a goal. You're than this not telling. You're not telling me that Matt Lowton or Manuel Lanzini's goals were worse than that toe poke just because it was Urbona. Well, it's not, I don't disagree with you on the point you're making. The goal of the season, <laughs> from my eyes, should have been Alisson, of yeah. course. Well, But, yeah, you can understand why people like to see that. And the Premier League like that, because that goal gets six-year-olds on TikTok talking about the Premier League. But, but you, see, you see, when I heard that it happened, when I am mad, because I didn't see it live, I was like, oh, he's obviously like curled it in from outside the box with a Rabona. No. He's, he's right beside the net and toe pokes it in. <laughs> well, whenever you were saying you have an issue with it, I, I was also of the opinion that I think it's a good goal. I like it. Do I think it's goal of the season? No. And my reason is that Tottenham Hotspur didn't win that game of football. So I, I, I think it should be struck off the record. I think it, that's that's a losing effort. No one should care about it. Mm. It depends. It depends what you like to see in your goals. You know, there's some people like Sean Dyche. You know, his goal of the season is probably just a well-timed corner. Yeah, <laughs> just just a just a good header by it, Wood. It just depends what you like to see on the pitch. And I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, in the FIFA generation, um, you know, they like to see. Somebody Rabona something. But was was we still want better Rabonas. I don't know. But we should say as well. Um, I sent off air. I sent you through this uh, funny information when we were doing our team of the season. Uh, we were looking at uh, the who scored ratings of players. And <laughs> I, I I sent Darren and Bailey the bottom ten players in the Premier League according to who, who scored ratings. I'm not joking. Eric Lamella was very close to that bottom ten. <laughs> I, he was only like four off. Um, so there you go. One for the trophy cabinet. That's for Eric. Well done to him. Congratulations. Dulux will be delighted. Yeah, they will. A couple of big uh, wins for Spurs. A couple of not so big wins too. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, our last award. This is the big uh, one, Chris. Huge. Yes, I should actually build this up a bit more. This is the, the big inaugural. one. This is the inaugural. So not 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 player of the season. Not no. not not just that. It is the under the floodlights player of the season. The player that is nice to look at. The way they yeah. play football is beautiful and graceful. And it's all about the aesthetics. And our five nominees uh, were Jack Grealish was our first one. Although to, I think the way that he does is shin guards and has kind of influenced people like Smith Rowe kind of takes one away from it for me. But uh, it really irritates me. But yes, beautiful footballer. Second was Phil Foden at Man City. Um, he can play football. Uh, third was uh, Alison Maxman. You have no idea what he's going to do next. What a uh, player. But it's going to be good. Um, 
James Ward-Prowse, uh, in my opinion, the best set-piece taker I've ever seen play football, um, ahead of David Beckham. And uh, finally, uh, Patrick Bamford. Uh, I think I will need an explanation on that one, but Patrick Bamford. Just um, beautiful blue eyes. Yeah, just, of course. I'm just happy to see Patrick be happy. Yeah. So um, a lot of people doubted him. People said he's too pretty, too posh for this league. And he, he proved this year that in the right team, in the right system, he can do it. And just a lot of what he does is just lovely to watch. Yeah, mm. very well spoken in interviews. And a lot of what he does also isn't great. Led the league this year in big chances missed. But but again, <laughs> it's, it's what you look like while you do it. Yeah, exactly. I've forgotten all about every single one of those. Uh, I think you go through the rest of this. Ward Price, I think this year, uh, played every game for the second consecutive season. Oh, right. So well done him. So Maximum's a funny one because obviously uh, he got COVID during the year, so he missed a big chunk of the season. Yeah. So to get into this was big. Uh, Phil Foden, just a real breakout year for him after uh, David Silver retired. And Grealish was another one quite like St. Maximum where like big injury during the year, missed quite a lot of games, but was still that good whenever he did play the well-deserved nomination. Yeah, and, and just before you announce the winner, Chris, a few honourable mentions, of course, especially in light of recent news. When I saw the list, I felt a little bit bad that Mason Mount didn't make the cut. Oh, I thought no. he looks good when he plays. Mm. Again, like the way he speaks in interviews, I thought he was um, unlucky to miss out maybe next year. Um, and it, it would be remiss of me uh, not to take this opportunity to uh, to lump a huge amount of praise on on Nat Phillips. God, I love <laughs> I love the way that guy heads a ball. Uh, not good enough for this category, but definitely well worth a mention. Yeah, if we had a category for under the floodlights, should play for Burnley, player of the season, Matt Phelps, right in there. Can you, you imagine what Sean Dyche would do with Matt Phelps? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to look up some way of, when we were coming up with the nominees, some way in which I could get him included, <laughs> and it would be justifiable, and I was going through all of these stats and trying to find... So the, the closest or the loosest tie that I could get to Matt Phelps being included is that he was tied fifth in the league for clearances off the line. I had to, to push that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely got more than this five, doesn't he? In that category. It's, probably so. got, it's probably about five. It, it's two. It's two. The winner, the winner had three. <laughs> Two, two. I do that twice a game. There's about a mil- there's one player had three. I think a million players had two, so he's tied fifth. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before I should say yes, uh, David Silva did leave uh, Billy, but he only plays for Real Sociedad. Um, he didn't retire, uh, but that's <laughs> obviously not. No, he's, left, he's left the Premier League. He's retired. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the winner was uh, Phil Foden. Good little big, player. Yeah. Big Good win for Foden. So it is just a lot of what I've seen out of this guy's great. Uh, we've said before on this podcast about left footers. Left footers just seem to hit mm. it better than any right footer, and Phil hits it as good as any. Yeah, they hit different, those lefties. Yeah, it's just this guy plays very good football for a very good football team. Yeah, second best like, If you were doing that down the table, we, we wouldn't care. But because he's at Man City, is taking on responsibility. And well, a lot of the season, De Bruyne out, you know, he's very much come into this side and should definitely be starting for England, in my opinion. Love watching the kid. Any other players that you just wanted to give honourable mentions to? I know for me, 
uh, thinking back as the of the episodes we've done of, of the pod over the course of the year, like I remember a spell where where Gundogan was like the best player on planet Earth for four yeah. weeks. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I should give an honorable mention to the hold up play of Mikel Antonio, which is art in motion. Um, and <laughs> a particular highlight was the um, when he absolutely bounced. I think it was uh, a Spurs player, um, and everyone kind of kind of laughed. So, well, my my big mention. Uh, Goes out to Declan Rice. I absolutely love the way Declan plays football. I'm gonna big him up massively. Think he's amazing. Get yourself to the bridge, Declan. I'd well, want, you won, you won the Champions League with Jorginho, so I know. Imagine what we could do with someone competent. <laughs> yeah, be an interesting summer to see what way the transfers go. I think, in fairness, before we we wrap up, I think we probably do have to give a shout out to Harry Kane as well, given that he won. <laughs> The golden boot for most goals and most assists this season, I think it's fair to say. Most assists. Most goals and most assists and did not get nominated for player of the year in our <laughs> awards. So, you know, take that with uh, take that for what you will. Um <laughs> but yeah, fair play to Harry, I think it was something that we probably had to mention. Um yeah, that, that's what happens whenever you, you play your football on a Jose Mourinho team that yeah. doesn't win, you know, it just doesn't look right. You have all the stats you want, but unfortunately Phil Foden play sexy football so that's that's us for the awards side of things tonight uh something else that we just wanted to talk about i know christopher you gave your team of the season at the halfway point uh and and it was uh it caused a stir a lot of people messaged (laughs) in unhappy about certain picks i know some people are keen to hear uh who we all have got uh in our teams of the year for the end of the season so christopher do you want do you want to start with yourself I still back Yannick Vestergaard in that first half team of the season. He was stunning, but uh, and Jack Harrison. Southampton finished like fifteenth. So the team, my team of the season, I went for the a generous four two 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 formation. Has, you didn't. Uh, you didn't go for the Leeds three four one six five <laughs> seven that you were talking about the other week. <laughs> oh, okay, right. We had uh, Emilio, Emiliano Martinez and Nets. Um, just pipped Nick Pope to that um, or a couple of other ones um, I had Vladimir Kufam as the best right back of the season uh, because of, of course you did because of the the combination of the jump that he made from Czech football and the difference that he made to a team from right back although um, yeah people like Arman Mitsaka Bob Cancelo probably could make it as well um, but I went for Kufal for, for the difference he made centre backs don't know if he's realised, but centre backs were poor this year. Uh, weren't a lot of choices. Yeah. And uh, uh, Kurt Zuma actually came out on top on the who scored um, Billy, so <laughs> uh, of every defender in the league. So um, I went for uh, Ruben Diaz and John Stones because I thought that they were genuinely the best centre backs mm. um, in the league this season. But um, could have been a couple of, of different ones in there. Uh, a left back, Luke Shaw, Shuin. Um, mm. And then I've got my, my two twos. So my first two are uh, Gundogan for his remarkable goal scoring ability, and Declan Rice could have been Suchek. Suchek was in a lot of teams, team of the season. Uh, but I went for for Rice because I think his all round contribution was better, um, and that he is. I would have included Camp Day if I hadn't included the Champions League, um, but I went for Declan. Okay. And then Bailey, I've went for Mason Mount uh, in my team of the season. Which may be a surprise to you. To, um, I mean, you'd be a fool not to. I, I, respect, oh. I respect your football intellect, Chris. So I've went for Mason Mount because the pressure he was under and the difference he made and Bruno Fernandes. And up front, 
uh, I went for Harry Kane and I went for Marcus Rashford. Oh, you've been suckered Ooh. into that. I went for Marcus Rashford. You're trying to get like the, you know, the, the social, that's like the social vote. You're trying to appeal to the masses. Because yeah. you could say, you could say Calvert-Lewin, you could say Bamford, you could say Ollie Watkins, Mares, Rafinha, but like, I think partly the fact that it actually didn't affect his football, I was impressed by, and it made no difference. But also, I think he made a bigger difference to Man United than the other players made to their teams because of the position he plays in is, is more complicated. So I, and he scored and assisted a lot of goals. So I, I went for Rashford up front. Fair enough. I mean, uh, tough to see Jack Harrison get dropped from, he obviously made the halfway team of the year. A real fall from grace. Did not make the end <laughs> one. Tough, tough scenes for Jack. Bailey, do you want to, do you want to run through yours? Yeah. So mine's fairly similar, uh, to Chris's, uh, Chris has actually given me an idea, so I've made a last-minute change. Oh. Uh, but I've gone for a 4-1-4-1. Leeds? Yeah, very much like Leeds. Uh, at right back, I've gone Kufal as well. Wanted to go Matty Cash. Mm. Really wanted to go Matty Strong Cash. Strong contender. Unfortunately for him, he missed quite a few games here and there, and I thought overall Kufal. Uh, at centre-back, uh, we're going uh, Ruben Diaz. And was going to have John Stones in there because I've been a fan of John Stones. Uh, but Chris has told me Kurt Zuma is the highest rated defender on whoscored.com and I cannot <laughs> believe it. Yeah. I mean, not good enough to start a Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, but, he, but, but we'll absolutely bomb in headers early in the season <laughs> against like, Sheffield. <laughs> so uh, left back again, Luke Shaw. Just f- very, very good consistent season from the guy. Uh, central defensive mid. Who's your keeper? Oh, my keeper, sorry, is uh, Martinez, obviously. Mm. Defensive mid is Declan Rice, because get him to the bridge. And he is actually, he's unbelievably good at football. Uh, my, my two attackers, my two attacking mids, are uh, Bruno Fernandes and Mason Mount, because of course Mason's making it. Just a great footballer. Uh, Fernandes, Man United wouldn't be in the position they are without him. Uh, and then a funny front three, uh, so my left wing is our player of the season, Phil Foden. Not sure if he's actually played left wing this season, but I had to squeeze him in some way. And I believe at some point, Pep Guardiola would have overthought a game of football and put him on the left wing. Yeah, he can play anywhere. Yeah. Uh, my right wing is... Uh, I don't believe any right wingers have been that good this season, to be mm. honest. I honestly can't think of a standout, so I went for Mo Salah. So I did, I think. Scored, Liverpool, scored a good few goals. Exactly, un- under the radar kind of goals this season. Anytime I've watched them, like his left foot's still wicked at times. And uh, my striker is uh, Patrick Bamford. Just love the way Patrick's played football this season. Real, no real Kane. fan of the guy. Again, Harry Kane. Yes, he <laughs> scored more goals. Yes, he had more assists. Yes, he finished <laughs> higher in the table. All of that, he's going to probably get sold for £100 million plus. <laughs> I just preferred watching Patrick Bamford at Leeds. Really enjoyed watching the guy. I'm really yeah. happy for him. Really happy for him. Oh, that's, that's fair enough, Billy. Um, to run you through mine, listen, you guys hit a lot of the, the main points of players who deserve to be on a team of the year. And for that reason, I've perhaps thrown a few curveballs in for the sake of variety. Um, in Nets... I did have Emmy Martinez like you guys did. Um, I think every quantifiable metric would say that it should be him. However, 
There's one stat in which he did not lead the league in from a goalkeeper point of view, and that was goals scored by a goalkeeper. So for that reason, <laughs> for that reason, I've gone for Alison Becker in that, uh, and that is a reflection on just how safe I currently feel. Um, yeah, just, he's not even top, top ten. He's not even yeah. top ten this season. He's number one in goals. <laughs> number one in goals. Yeah. A goal yeah, that that's... gets you into the Champions League. <laughs> that's that's what you want from your goalkeeper. A goal threat. Yeah, get him up there. So, uh, formation wise, uh, I've gone for three five two, partly because of what you said, Christopher, that there are no good centre backs. Um, so I've got three at the back and two of them aren't centre backs. <laughs> it's also the also the Northern Ireland formation, the three five two. Yeah. So over here, uh, one. So my my back three. Uh, I've gone for Joao Cancelo because he's mm, just good at football. Yeah, he deserves and, it. Yeah. Also, both of you guys didn't include him, and I thought he probably deserved a mention. Uh, on the other side of my back three, again, Luke Shaw is the standout fullback this year. Um, of course he is, but both of you have mentioned him. So I've gone for probably a close second, uh, and I've picked him because I know he's a big Liverpool fan, and that's Luca Dina. You've already picked him because he's a Liverpool fan. He has, I believe, listen, somebody can fact check this. He either has I'll Never Walk Alone or You'll Never Walk Alone tattooed on him, and he plays for Everton, so of course he's going to make my team of the year. <laughs> um, that's absolutely hilarious. And like you said, Christopher, no good centre backs this year, so uh, the middle of my back three is going to be the man who is tied fifth for clearances off the line, and that's Nat Phillips. Uh, I've been as impartial as possible over the course of the podcast over 33 episodes, uh, and I'm going to indulge uh, and use my power to to put Nat Phillips in my team of the year. I love watching him play. Uh, again, same as you guys, my five across midfield. Um, I've gone for, well, I'm, I'm tempted to make a very last-minute adjustment, um, partly just because you guys have thrown some people in. Um, I did a Phil Foden in, but again, he's made your team. So I'm going to swap him out for a player who we gave some praise to uh, the last couple of weeks, and that's Stuart Dallas. Oh, 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 oh. On the out of nowhere. Why not? Kirkstown Dallas. from Northern Ireland. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> from Northern Ireland, I think some people say he has a good left foot. He's not better than Phil Foden, so he shouldn't Engine. be in there. But... Engine. But yeah, so we're going with him. Um, three centre midfielders. Ilkay Gundogan, mainly for that spell during the middle of the season where he was the best mm. player on planet Earth. Uh, James Ward-Price. I don't really know if he's actually very good stats-wise. Um, like in terms of passing and stuff like that, but he just hits nice free kicks. I don't like that. Always available. And uh, for my third centre midfield position again, this is a hot one. Um, I wanted somebody a little bit different. You know, you need somebody to do the dirty side of the game. And this player is top 10 in the league for tackles, fouls and bookings, including the most stonewall red card I've ever seen for sweet chin musicking somebody. Also, it was important for me to get a Brighton player into the list, Anoy Christopher. So I've come for Eves Basuma. <laughs> So I have deserve it for that red card. Rounded out by Mason Mount um, as my other attacking midfielder. My two up front, similar to you guys, I had to put Harry Kane in there for his goals and assists. And and similar to yourself, Bailey, I've gone for Patrick Bamford. Um, I, I know that you said you, you left Kane out because you liked watching what Bamford did. I think there's almost more excitement in watching a player go through on goal and not being 100% sure if he's going to score or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Kane, you know, it's like it's going to ripple the back of the net yeah so, and Harry Kane always seems to like make the net always makes a certain noise with a Harry Kane finish how well he strikes a ball I agree on Patrick Bamford there's times he goes in you're like okay let's see see what he can do here mm. don't really know what's going to happen and you love it so that is uh, my completed team yep. of the year as well yep and uh should just say Jack Harrison finished the season at joint ninth for assists 
with uh, Cresswell, Gross, and Timo Werner. So great season for Jack. He'll be in the England squad soon. There you go. Um, so yeah, if that's if that's it from you guys, then uh, that's pretty much it for us for this episode and for this year. Um, I think yeah, just on behalf of all of us, I think we wanted to say just a massive thank you to everyone. Um, obviously the last year and a half has been pretty strange for everybody and um on a personal note i mean this podcast has been a great distraction for me it's been a bit of a creative outlet and it's allowing me really just to talk nonsense with a couple of my closest friends every week so um that's really helped me get through everything and and um you know people don't know what goes on behind the scenes i think it was good for all of us to have something that we could come together and just uh talk a lot of nonsense together for an hour every week and and catch up with people that maybe we hadn't heard from in a while if they messaged in so yeah just on behalf of all three of us i just wanted to say a, a massive thank you well said. absolutely uh, uh chris i think you'll join me in a bit of praise for for darren here who well indeed here has done the engine room work for the boys here like as darren says there's a lot goes on behind the scenes and once this pod's recorded myself and chris have the joy of going to bed and at some <laughs> stage on a tuesday we'll receive a photo uh, and a bit of promo so we will meanwhile uh darren is stressing out using garage band to get this together and making sure myself and chris haven't said yeah. anything too dodgy i'd love to full disclosure that me, me and billy didn't edit any episode it was awful darren. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah, that's, that's completely we've got fine. the angulo cante of the group over here no thank you very much mm, thank you. i'd love to put together a clip of like all of chris's like if you hear any stutterings from any of us really um i'd love to put like a clip together of like all the stuff that we've said that didn't make the cuts because some of it is just like it's just hilarious the noises that come out of our mouths at times but it's like that's just inaudible and like let's get rid of that so um no it's been a fun year and, and obviously to everybody listening on behalf of the three of us uh, a massive thank you for for tuning in and messaging and all that good stuff and um yeah have a good summer and thanks again